Welcome to the Display the Gospel podcast, a place where we will explore topics related to the Christian life in order to demonstrate and declare the gospel as followers of Jesus. Thanks for tuning in. Well, thank you for tuning in today. My name is Brett Reisley, and I've got my friend Ross Kelderman joining me today. And we are officially kicking off the first episode in our series of Gospel-Centered Stewardship. And I'm excited about this. There's a lot of topics we're going to talk about, um, but I think today's topic is going to be really relevant um, that kind of sets the pace and actually I think maybe frames a lot of the other things we're going to talk about. So today we're talking about time. Is how does the use of our time uh, relate to the gospel and relate to what we do as Christians? And so before we get into that topic, though, I want to define the terms for those listening to know kind of what uh, we mean when we say when we say stewardship. Um, so the working definition that we're going to use for this series is stewardship is defined as the belief that everything belongs to God because God is sovereign over all things. And therefore, stewardship begins as we recognize God as exercising divine ownership over all that there is. And so there's this reality that God is the owner of everything, but then he's entrusted to his people a lot of different things. So we are not the owners really of anything, but we're actually managers. Um, And so to be entrusted is this idea that we've been given responsibility as a manager uh, of any of the things that God's given us. And so one of the things we've been entrusted with to manage well for the glory of God is our time. So um, that's the question before us today, Ross. Um, uh, how does the gospel relate to the use of our time? So let's let's jump right in. Yeah, well, uh, Brett, thanks for having me. Uh, as I look at the gospel, uh, the good news here. Um, I'm so appreciative of the invitation to be part of this journey as we look at um, some of these most important areas of our lives today and what the gospel, what the good news is of his ownership over these things uh, and not ours. Um, When you invited me to come in and just spend some time with you um, looking at our thoughts on what Christ has to say, what the gospel has to say about time, um, my mind went to uh, Mary and Martha uh, you know, in, in Luke chapter uh, 10, uh, we read, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So when we talk about being stewards of the gospel, this good news, and we look at Mary and we look at Martha, yeah. let's look at what Mary was doing. She said It says here that um, she sat at the Lord's feet and she listened to his teaching. Um mm. And the, in the last verse, uh, Jesus says that Mary has chosen. She, Mary chose to sit at his feet. She yeah. chose to listen. Um, and that was the good portion. And so um, as we're thinking about time, I just kind of want to open with this thought that we choose uh, where we put our energies, where we put our hours, where we put our days, um, where we put our thoughts. Yeah. And 
I want to steward that, that decision, those hours, that time well, um, so that I can be walking in the good news of Christ's ownership over these things. Uh, what have you been seeing as you've been looking through the gospel, Brett? Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, I think that's such a good point. I mean, as you were talking, I'm thinking also, you know, Mary chose what was best, which was to prioritize um, uh, her proximity to Jesus. And so there's this just reality as I'm thinking out loud that there's a um, being in proximity with Jesus doesn't come naturally. It doesn't, it's not the default mode, I don't think, for a lot of us, especially in America with busy lives, jobs, families, church, whatever. Um, but she chose that. I think that's a really good point. Um, part of being a good steward has is having an intentional plan and a process, and, and I think that's helpful to choose Jesus. But as I was also listening to you, I was thinking about Jesus's use of time himself. How did Jesus use his time? And the thing I thought about was, oh, he often chose to get away from the crowds to be alone with the Father. Um, and John 17 is a great example of that of him praying to the Father and wanting to be completely one with the Father, um, and then hopefully that his disciples would be one with him as he was one with the Father. But many times in his ministry, he would get away from the busyness. He'd get away from the preaching to large crowds, and he would get away to pray and to be alone with the Father. And so I think uh, Jesus models that pursuit like Mary as well. Um, And so I think we can learn a lot about that as a steward with our time is practically how much of your week is spent with you getting alone with God? You know, is that two minutes? Is that an hour? Is it three hours? Whatever. And the goal is not to rack up a bunch of hours and to say you're you're awesome. Uh, the goal is to pursue God and to be known and to know Him. Um, so that's one thing I was thinking. I was also thinking um, we see Jesus also obviously doing ministry for the three years He was on the earth and preaching to large crowds and traveling to various cities and towns. And, and He did that, but... The primary use of his time as he was doing that was to invest really deeply in 12 guys and to model what he wanted to model for them and help to have them assist and have them watch and then eventually launching them out to be disciple makers and to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. So he obviously prioritized time with the Father, and I think out of the overflow of obedience to the Father, he understood his mission. He understood that uh, the Father's heart was to get that good news message of the kingdom um, uh, to the ends of the earth, and obviously he lived the perfect life and was obedient. Philippians says, you know, even to the point of death on a cross. And so he knew, uh, he knew his mission and 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 used his time in in a, in a way that that fit in accordance with the Father's heart. Um, and so that's convicting as I think about the use of my own time. Do I use my time in a way that I think would be in accordance with the Father's heart? Yeah, yeah. I think what would be interesting is if we could take sort of our, our spiritual heart in these moments of busyness or perceptions of busyness and, and really, you know, spiritually dissect that heart to, to look at what's in there. I, I'm afraid, Brett, that if if you took my heart uh, during times when I'm feeling particularly stressed or busy, when you opened it up, I think what you'd find is a heart that desires to be glorified in and of itself. Um, yeah. Maybe a little bit of a hero complex where... You know, I want the story to be about me, <laughs> yeah. um, which is clearly, you know, the antagonist to to the gospel. That's that's bad news. That's not good news. Um, and you know, as we as we're talking about time in general, and and this idea that you know Mary was at Christ's feet, listening to him. You know, it has sort of um, 
some resemblances to discussions around Sabbath and um, yeah. really time set apart for him. And, and that's not really um, what we're looking to discuss today. But I did hear a professor from uh, Regents College talking about Sabbath. Uh, his name is uh, Bruce Hinsmarsh. And he said that busyness is moral laziness because it often is a statement of our self-importance and our excuse to be inattentive to people. But God has given us just enough time to do what we need to do moment by moment to respond to him. And his grace is there. It is eternally present. Every moment is a sacrament where time touches eternity and there's exactly enough time to do what God has called us to do. Mm, wow. So when you look at time that way as something that is given to us by God, ordained by God um, for his purposes yeah. and, and not... Okay, I've got eight hours today. I got twelve hours today. How can I maximize my accomplishments, my ends? Um, I actually think there's freedom in that. Um, I, I don't see weight, even if we are doing more. Um, I just see. I trust him that in the next hour he'll give me the guidance of how I should um, entrust in him and steward that time he's given me. Um, and I'm just eager to see where he goes with that, versus this sense of you know, I need to accomplish all this deal during today or this month or this year or during my lifetime in order to yeah. matter or in order to have any sort of substance or weight. Um, and so I, I find peace and rest in this. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Thank you for sharing that quote. Um, that's so good. And I think that ties right in as well with another thing I was thinking about. In James 4, 14, uh, the New Living Translation, it says, uh, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, and then it's gone. And so we see in Scripture, too, I think we, we can fairly say that we're not promised the next hour, uh, the next day, or even the next year. And I think a lot of times our busyness often you know, shadows that or uh, maybe covers that, and we think, I got all kinds of time. I'm young. You know, I'm in my 30s. I'll get to this stuff later. Or I'll serve other times. Or, But right now, it's me time. You know, and right now, I want what I want. And there's a very self-centered perspective of that. Yet, the reality is, the Bible says, you know, for all you know, uh, you could be dead in an hour. And that's not to be morbid. That's just the fragility of life as a human in God's world. And so I do think there's a principle with our stewardship of our time that we should be living with a sense of, of, of urgency, a kingdom-focused sense of urgency. Uh, this idea that, like, like your quote said, you know, that every moment is a sacrament. Every moment is a moment to be in alignment with our king and to, to do the things that really bring, bring him pleasure, bring him glory, but also brings us joy as we get to participate in his mission and in the things that he's, he's set for us. And so I, I think about Philippians, and man, the Apostle Paul was a guy that, that lived with a kingdom-focused sense of urgency. He wasn't perfect, um, but in Philippians 2, 17, uh, Paul talks about this idea that, that, that if he's being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of the Philippians' faith, um, he says, I am glad and I rejoice. And so Paul, Paul lived in such a way that he literally says, I, I, my life is being poured out uh, for the sake of the kingdom, but also for the sake of others. And I think that that's that's a Christ-like perspective. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and give his life. He poured out his blood for us. And so this is where we see the gospel, I think, as well, that Jesus poured out his life 
gave his life, shed his blood, his body was beaten, he was put on the cross, he atoned for our sins. Um, and and in the same way then now as his followers, we're supposed to emulate his example. So how can I follow Christ's example to pour out my life? I'm obviously not going to die and atone for sin, but how can I pour out my life in such a way for the edification of other believers, for the for the investment of my, my family, discipleship, um, serving other people, helping other people learn, helping other people grow, helping other people learn to serve and live this way um, as well. And so uh, I think I think that's fascinating. And, and Paul, again, in 2 Timothy 4 says, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only me, but also those who have loved him as well. And so, again, this idea of being poured out, Paul says, like, I'm being poured out, and I, and that's very much connected to him fighting the good fight, to running the race. And everyone loves to quote that, you know, we're going to run the race, you know, we're going to fight the fight. Um, and I don't know if we always connect that to, that's actually in context of giving your life away. Um, and so to run the good race is not just, I didn't have a moral failure in 20 years. That's part of it, I suppose. But uh, can you run the good race in terms of living with a sense of urgency that eternity is real? And are you sharing the gospel and engaging the lost and making disciples and pouring your life into other people? So um, I think that kingdom sense of urgency is a huge piece, I think, for us as Christians. Like you said, that's a complete contrast to the busyness, which is often, if we're being honest, I think pretty self-centered busyness. Yeah, I I want to feel essential, and um, I think that gives rise to a, a franticness, and I can use that as an excuse not to um, be the, the hands and, and feet of Christ here. Uh, I can say, well, uh, I'm, I'm too busy with church commitments to go care for the needy or, or share Christ with people. I, I've got a lot I need to do. And that's um, such, a, such a wild contradiction to yeah. what I ought to be about. But um, as, as you know, you're sharing about this finish line of this race and everything, man, that's just exciting, this, yeah. this thought of um, finishing and, and, and being with him. And as I'm running this race... And I'm thinking about that finish, uh, just what an encouragement that is, um, and a push and just a reminder of who I'm here before and whose feet um, I'm before and who I want to be listening to um, each step of the way as I we run this marathon. Mm. Oh, that's good. I think, uh, I think we'll begin to wrap this up here too, you know, with, uh, you know, so the gospel-centered perspective of our time. Uh, really has to do with intimacy with Jesus. It has to do with prioritizing Him as the most, the, the chief end of man is to is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever, right? And so from out of that place, though, hopefully as we know God and, and He knows us better and we know Him, then that'll be an overflow that's natural to live with a kingdom sense of urgency because that's the Father's heart, is to bring glory to His name through the advancement of the gospel and through the edification of the building up of the church. Um, and so... Um, yeah, so hopefully we can display and demonstrate the gospel in that way. And I'm just going to close with another passage from the Apostle Paul um, in Ephesians 5, uh, 15 and 16. Uh, he says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, 
making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And so let's, I hope and pray as you listen to this today that you do would be asking the Lord to show you how you can uh, make the most of every opportunity today. Uh, what, every breath is a gift. Every moment is a sacrament uh, that is intended to be for the Lord's glory. And so ask yourself how you can be uh, in submission to the Lord today with your time for the sake of the gospel and for the glory of God. Thank you for tuning in today. You can find a wealth of resources including free downloads, videos, book recommendations, sermons, training opportunities, and more at my website, www.displaythegospel.com.